You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this episode is hosted by Ryan and Stacy. We have a two-part episode featured this week with actors Casey Walfall from CW's Naomi and Celeste O'Connor from the new film, The In-Between. In our first segment, we welcome actor Casey Walfall of CW's Naomi. Casey is an actor known for a person of interest, The Equalizer, and currently CW's newest superheroine, Naomi. She made her Broadway debut at the age of nine as young Nala in The Lion King, and at age 11, originated the role of Lavender in the first national tour of Matilda. Her previous TV credits include CBS's Person of Interest, Star's Power, and a reoccurring role on Lifetime's Army Wives. In our second segment, we welcome actor Celeste O'Connor. Celeste can most recently be seen in the hit film Ghostbusters Afterlife directed by Jason Reitman. Previously, O'Connor starred in a lead role opposite Vince Vaughn and Katherine Newton in the Blumhouse feature Freaky. They co-starred in the independent feature Sela and the Spades, which premiered at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival. Born in Nairobi, Kenya, and raised in Baltimore, O'Connor is currently a senior at John Hopkins University, majoring in global public health and pre-medicine. They recently started a photography and styling business called Pedestal. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this two-part episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring actors Casey Walfall and Celeste O'Connor. Doing great. I really appreciate it. A little sleepy, but you're waking me up, so this is cool. (laughs) Um, so I'll, I'll jump right in here. Like in my head, I'm imagining like you in the room with Miss Ava DuVernay, um, Jill Blankenship, and you guys are like surrounded by comics talking about Naomi. Was this your introduction to this character? It was not my introduction. I actually didn't. I did like the whole um, audition process on Zoom. The entire oh, nice. time I did it in um, in person was when I had lunch with Miss Ava, but we didn't do any sides. So the whole process was on Zoom. Um, but this is actually kind of interesting because the first, before we did the table read, we had like a conversation. It was me in the room with Jill Blankenship, Miss Ava, and our pilot director, Amanda Marcellus, sitting like on the floor of like this hotel conference room with the script. <laughs> and we were going over um, this one scene that uh, was in the pilot, but that was similar to that experience us sitting on the floor and talking about the character and you know what's so cool you could you could tell you guys had this conversation about Naomi and kind of what she wants to feel because I feel like I'm still talking to Naomi right now 
even though I got Casey in the building, because it's so cool how you embody this character. Um, And I think what it is, is that it's so cool to follow her on this journey. Like you just imagine like everybody has these comic fans. They like to read comics, but just to be like somebody comes up to you like randomly, it's done in much more cooler fashion than this. But like, hey, you know, you're a whole alien right now. Like, you know, she just living her life, going about her journey. What's that like for you to play? And you're kind of like filling out with the fans, with the audience, becoming the superhero. Yeah, it's great because, you know, as Naomi is finding out, the audience is finding out. So it kind of builds like this partnership between them that keeps you intrigued. Um, and you kind of go through the feelings that she's going through. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I've had to bring a lot of myself to the character. But then there's also things I can't relate to. Like, I cannot relate to being an alien. <laughs> um, but I can relate to, you know, the feeling of... Um, feeling outcast or feeling just being uncomfortable with being vulnerable. Naomi's not just necessarily an outcast at all, but being uncomfortable with being vulnerable and feeling like that is a weakness when it's not. Mm -hmm. And speaking to being vulnerable is very interesting as we kind of see her powers come out, how they're connected to her emotions and being Mm -hmm. able to move this energy when you're playing with these scenes on set. Is that kind of like an emotional release for you as well? Do you kind of get to dive into that a little bit? Is that fun in a sense? It's fun crafting them, honestly, because I, I'm always like looking for like different ways to do things. I think that it is my strength and my weakness. Sometimes I'm always like, no, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, <laughs> so I try to make m- the powers as original as they can feel grounded. Um, but a lot of it is honestly the effects. I think for like the first two episodes, I was so, I didn't really... I'm, I'm an actor where I like to be very realistic, but some things I have to know are not realistic. Like in the way right. um, there's something like coming from my hands, but I was so, I was very heavy on my body in the beginning of it and very heavy on, like I was breathing very hard when I was doing the powers. But honestly, I wouldn't change that because I think that Naomi was still figuring out how to use her powers and I, Casey, was still figuring out how to craft them on screen. Yeah, and that's cool. And speaking to of kind of that parallel well, uh, world, you're kind of walking here between Casey and Naomi. Um, you're in school as well. And then you get to play this high school that's getting, you know, trying to get into through her college days, you know, dealing with romance relationships, waffling it out. You know, she could potentially be a superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could pull a lot from me personally. Like I'm from, Naomi and I are from two different environments. We go to two very different high schools. I go to performing arts school in New York City. Um, So it's very different than that. But what I can pull from is I was the lead of the show while I was balancing senior year college applications, Mm -hmm. um, all of that. So Naomi's balancing finding out that she has powers and is also still a junior in high school. While those are very different things, um, there is amount of pressure that you can feel with that. And I had to learn how to balance my things and so does she. Um, and to here, I guess, with this balance, too, and, and just being this role model, I don't, has it sunk in for you yet that you're a superhero? Have you had that, like, mirror moment or you get to see, like, these cool posters and, like, whoa, I'm a whole superhero right now? Have you had that yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I don't mean this to sound in any sort of way ungrateful, but it goes in and out. You know, sometimes it just doesn't feel real. It mm. doesn't feel real. I think where I almost was, like, broke down internally it wasn't a very external feeling it wasn't like so many tears down my face but was when I went to LA 
and I saw the billboard and I saw like 30, like I was like huge. Like it's just, it's, it's Naomi huge. And I just remember being, that was like, there's been a lot of moments where I've been like, oh, I'm so grateful, of course. Like, um, but that, and also when people feel like they resonated with the show, those are like the pinch me superhero moments. Well, let me tell you the moment where, like, for me, I was like, I got to ride this journey out with Naomi wherever it goes. Um, the coolest, the coolest line, um, it's her and Annabelle um, sitting, she's, you know, she's revealing what's going on in her life because she needs, you know, some help and somebody to go through. And she's like, look, I'm adopted. I'm a black, I'm a black girl. That's usually like the only black person in the towns that I go to. And now I have these superpowers. Like, why me? Why add something else onto my plate that makes me different? Mm-hmm. Um, what was that scene like for you? And what are you hoping like those little girls that sit down? Hey, the big kids like me that sit down and look at it and are like, this superhero looks like me. You know, she's going through the differences that I have to face in everyday life and, and pushing through it. Mm-hmm. I, well, one touching on filming that scene. I've not seen that scene. However, I really do remember filming it. I remember in the script, it wasn't a very like, um, it wasn't a very emotional line. It wasn't a forced line. It was just a line. Right. And, um, I remember looking at it and just being like, this girl, this girl is so different than the girl we see in the pilot. You know, people were saying, like, I heard people say like, oh, Naomi's so perfect. She's the perfect life. She's the happiest girl ever. She's so confident, but she's not really like that. It's all sometimes a facade. So when she tells Annabelle that, you know, sometimes we feel the superheroes get their power and everything's just glitter and rainbows and everyone's so happy. But what happens when your power is something that makes you different when you don't want to necessarily be different all the time? So yeah. I remember doing that scene and I wasn't going to cry. Like, I, I, w- I, don't, I don't know if I ended up crying in the final cut, but I know that I did cry in some takes and I wasn't going to cry. And it's, it's the best thing when you're naturally doing it and it just comes out as you know you naturally emoting so that was that was so fun to film and that is still one of my favorite lines in the show and I love that people talk about that scene but I would say you know to all the young girls Naomi in the beginning of the show she thinks that those things all make her so different and that they're not her strengths and that you know there's things that she doesn't necessarily love about herself because they provide like this image of always moving and you know people she's the reason why she's always really standing out you know she's cool but why is she always really standing out from the rest of her town because she's the only black girl in her town um a lot of times so um obviously everyone's gonna people are gonna want to be friends with her um but I would say that you know she looks at those things as her differences and sort of burdens in the beginning but once you realize that those things that make you different are your power. Mm-hmm. That is how you're different yeah. than anyone else. Your uniqueness is your power. And that is so important. And once you grasp that, and once you understand that, which is a very hard thing to do, but once you understand that, then you're unstoppable. Yeah. And I love how unstoppable she is while at the same time showing her fear, um, mm-hmm. which is so, so cool to, to watch her go through that journey. Um, speaking to a differences, her crew is dope. Like I've never like so many smart, talented kids together, like Nathan, Anthony, Lourdes, like they come together to help her figure this out. And what is dope is that they're these these engineers, these wicked smart kids talking about numbers and how they're going to crack these codes and they make it look cool. 
usually you're like, oh, God, the group of nerds is coming out. You know, we don't know what they're talking about, but they make it look real cool. What is like, what are those like fun moments? Like, are there a lot of fun moments on set behind the scenes with you guys to kind of bring out that relationship that you built? Yeah. One thing I love about that, like just the writing of it first, is that they're not all friends in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. they're not like a friendship group and it happens to one right. of your friends. Nathan and Anthony don't like each other. Lauren <laughs> doesn't go to school with them. Like she doesn't go to school. Um, yeah. Jacob is Annabelle's boyfriend and Naomi is Annabelle's best friend. So Jacob mm-hmm. comes in because of Annabelle and um, Naomi is friends with all the other three. So it's not like your typical, our best friend has superpowers. So we're going to be a team. It's like, we don't know each other, but we're friends with Naomi. And right we're going to become friends, hopefully. Um, but I love everyone in, in those groups. Everyone is uh, such a talented actor, but just they're all just so great people. Um, and whenever I'm with them, I always am laughing. We're always laughing. Like, I don't break. We wrapped the season two weeks ago. I don't ever break, but I broke for the first time because I looked at Aiden, who plays Jacob, and I just... <laughs> I couldn't do it like and it it makes it makes the job so fun because everyone just wants to be there but we're always cracking jokes and it it I'm, I'm very grateful for those for those kids yeah, you guys can tell like it's it's very cool chemistry in that pool. And um, I just I don't know. I'm so it's, I think it's so dope to dive into Naomi. And I think that magnetic pool is going to pull a lot of people in. So it's been so cool to watch this so far. We have four episodes in. You guys better download the CW app and catch up before the fifth episode comes out. Um, last question I got to ask you here. If Naomi meets Superman, what does she say? Like, what do you think she's going to say if she ever gets the opportunity to meet him? Ooh. Ooh. Well, right now when we're in the show, what feelings, did, did you, should I say Naomi pre-power, power? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, okay. Can we do pre-power and power? Cause I was gonna say she's still being, a, she's still a new, she's still trying to get everything situated right now. So maybe it'll take some years, but. Yeah, I would say first pre-power, if she, well, you know, she does meet Superman, not really, but she does, true, true. but she would faint, (laughs) she would faint uh, if she met him pre-powers, she would ask him all these questions, she would think it was a stunt, like she did pre-power, she was able to speak with him, she wouldn't let him go, she would ask him approximately like 2,000 questions, would ask him to do a video and exclusive for her site. Um, we'll do 20 million interviews and we'll ask for his number. <laughs> I was waiting for that part. I was like, is she asking for the number? This is oh, what, no, you know, this, you got to deal with that FaceTime. one. They're definitely going to FaceTime or he'll just probably block her in the end. <laughs> I love it Casey you are so much fun I love the energy you bring Naomi is so dope so I can't see where I can't wait to see where her journey goes thank you so much for talking with me thank you so glad to see your lovely faces this is a very interesting movie we're talking about the in-between starring yourself and Joey King and Mm -hmm. Kyle Allen yeah um it's it's funny there's it was very kind of hard hitting. I had a nephew uh, passed away due to cancer a few years ago and his girlfriend 
kind of went through this journey, this mm -hmm. thing of really kind of planning their lives together and um, then, you know, kind of suddenly losing him. And so I thought it was very touching and uh, very poignant in that way, very different. What was it that drew you to the script? That's a great question. I think I was drawn to the role of Shannon um, specifically because of the fact that you know she was written as a woman of color and and also at the same time she comes from like a well-off background like she really like her background isn't very traumatic and I think that I think that's what drew me to the character specifically is that like I could play this black character who you know feels safe and secure at home and kind of is just like lighthearted and and cares about you know boys and parties and whatever it is she wants to care about um but then at the same time like there's this really like profound story happening um you know within her relationship with Tess where she's really like the kind of a caregiver role um which I think is really sweet I, I got to say the character Shannon in and of itself, first of all, I do love that she was definitely a Black character and an affluent Black character, someone who had money, which is oddly enough, not something, not an opinion that is normalized. When I moved to DC, I was telling my niece and nephews like, oh my God, there are Black people and they have mansions. And you know, it's amazing. They were like, what? that exist what are you talking about so i love <laughs> that being the norm and kind of that being the norm of her experience now you were born in kenya is that correct mm -hmm. in nairobi nairobi there we go um how old were you when you moved to the united states i was like three so i i don't super remember back home but mm -hmm. i was I was really young, yeah. Growing up, did you kind of grow up in that same kind of class system that Shannon did? Was there kind of that affluence or was it more kind of middle class? Where do you fit in that? Well, it was, I think my experience growing up was really interesting because like my family is not affluent. I would say like we're more middle or lower middle class, um, but I like studied really hard and got a scholarship to a private high school. So like all of my, all of my friends were like really wealthy. Um, and so, so that kind of like juxtaposition was interesting for me because I kind of, I saw my friends and their experience and their lives at home. And I was like, oh, this is probably possible for me as well, even though this is not my current situation. One thing I also liked is that within the movie, we have three Black characters and they're not related to each other. <laughs> Which, three whole Black people. <laughs> three whole, and Black women at that. It was absolutely amazing you know in so low it's so funny <laughs> yeah yeah and um because at the beginning uh when she goes to see doris and she was like well you know jasmine told me that you'd be 
coming to see me. And so I thought that Jasmine was your character. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, they're probably like, that's her grandmother and she's, you know, into the dark arts and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, movie, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> defying expectations. <laughs> was right. was there any in those terms of the script, in terms of the diversity that kind of spoke to you or that impressed you? Yeah, I think I think it mostly mostly had to do with Shannon and and her character and and not being like this super traumatized like black person. I think that was the thing that really surprised me. But the thing that I like hope that we challenge in the future is like this idea of black women as caretakers all of the time. I think that's something that like we all like collectively need to work on um, and challenge going forward because like I think black women can be a lot of things and we don't necessarily just have to be caretakers to the people around us. Well, you know, there is the conversation of, yes, we have our trauma porn <laughs> movies and, you know, movies where it's like the strong black woman. But <laughs> we when we have that, we miss our coming of age films and our rom-com films and you know those things that really normalize our experience so again that's why uh, Shannon is very interesting because I love that she's just boy crazy <laughs> she's like I, just so wild I know it was like it was like legitimately so much fun because like even when I was like her age when I was 16 17 in high school like I was like I need to work so hard to get into the best college ever so that I don't live in poverty. You know what I mean? Like I was not like, I was not carefree in this way. So it was pretty, it was pretty healing on my end to like be able to go back to this like 16 year old space and kind of like feel that in a different way, you know? That's very fun. I love that. I was so boy crazy. I needed a crush to get me through every semester. I was like, this is the only way I'm going to pay attention. And so, that is so funny. I, Shannon spoke to me in that way. Amazing. <laughs> One thing I also kind of enjoyed is Shannon was really kind of, um, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, it's like, I want to support you. I want to be there for you. And again, we're kind of dealing with this stereotype of like, oh, well, you know, like we're naturally superstitious and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to mess with that stuff. No juju or whatever. And Shan just kind of jumped right in and was like, look, this is what I do. Academia. I speed read. I know how to get things together. I know how to plan. Um, when you were, was, did that feel authentic to you yeah. for that character? Yeah, yeah. And also that's just like very much how I am too. So I was like, okay, perfect. Like I'm just gonna infuse my experience here. Um, but I think also her perspective just um to me kind of showed what support can like truly genuinely look like, right? So like support doesn't necessarily mean um like enabling people or or like automatically like agreeing with what your friends are saying or feeling or thinking but a lot of times support can look like you know just being honest with each other and and um you know supporting each other from that space of just like genuine honesty 
It's the thing between friendships. There is a part of the beginning where Tess is like, you know, I don't want to go to this guy's party or the game or whatever it was. And, you know, Shannon was like, oh, no, we'll be there. <laughs> like She has absolutely nothing to do. We will be there. And there's a part of that where it's like, if you're not friends and you don't understand your friend's boundaries, then that could almost be seen as like, going past them and pushing their boundaries versus I know this person and I know that this person wants to be pushed outside of their boundaries. I know that, you know, this will be good for them. So I thought that that was a really good balance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're totally right. Like Shannon definitely like walks the fine line. (laughs) Like I obviously don't want to push Tess's boundaries, but at the same time, I know that she kind of like, needs somebody to bring her out of her shell and encourage her to like be social or encourage her to pursue the things that she wants to pursue and and go after the guy that she likes and so I think I think that's the that kind of like genuine support maybe a little bit of tough love where it's like no we're doing this and (laughs) you sound crazy and I'm gonna check on you and you're also gonna come with me to this party you know what I mean (laughs) Now, is there any kind of overreaching lesson or anything that you would like the audience to kind of take away from a film like this? Yeah, I think I think the central message of the film is just the the strength and importance of love. And I think we see that, you know, obviously within the context of of Joey and Kyle's relationship in the story, but also the love of friendship and how like how that is really the thing that allows Tess to get through the things that she is that she is dealing with and that her her friendship with Shannon her relationships and her love with her parents and her love that she has for um for Kyle's character these are all of the things that are kind of like propelling her they're motivating her and that are going to help her get through this difficult time I I like that you said that a lot because there is always kind of the question in the back of people's minds like if there was this connection to the real world then you know wouldn't the son use it for his mother or for his uh father and it's like okay so we can we can go along with it being the girlfriend with it being tess but the only way that it works is with shannon's help with vicky's help with her uh her foster dad's help i forget his name at the moment but um it's it takes a village (laughs) literally it takes a lot of people it's not just a one-to-one and so I really like that it definitely it's also just speaks to the importance of community like the fact that she had a community around her supporting her through this is just so like so valuable because I can't even imagine going through something like this completely alone right Mm -hmm. so you're completely right that community is at the center of the story and is is so important the only person who was a little out of pocket for me was the art teacher. Like the day she got back, she was like, if you were my daughter, I would say use the grief. I was like, sis, calm down. <laughs> no, literally, I was like, can't she just have a moment? Like a moment to, to cry or something. Jeez. Exactly. You're so right. <laughs> 
I mean, I was like, okay, she's in a good place. I understand where she was coming from, but you know, let's breathe. Let's breathe a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us kind of what you have coming up next. Sure. I have a film coming up next. It was directed by Zach Braff. Um, I got to work with Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman, which uh, was crazy. <laughs> I know. It was wild. Um, so I'm really excited for everybody to see that. Um, and yeah. Yeah, we are very excited to uh, see you in that. I'm really looking forward to that film. I, uh, I'm a big Zach, Zach Braff fan, so, but he's been talking a lot about this movie. And in oh, fact, he was, yeah, he was like, oh, we're working with this wonderful new young actor, uh, Celeste O'Connor. I was like, okay. And so, yeah, it was oh very God. cool. It was very cool. You got a little oh, shout out. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to singing it. I definitely look forward to uh, for more people to see this film. I thought it was very, very well done, um, especially for romance. It has a tendency to kind of get uh, overly schmaltzy. <laughs> you can get yeah. like overly sentimental. And I felt that despite this kind of having supernatural elements, it was still very grounded, very real. And I love the uh, relationship between Tessa and Shannon because it was authentic. And I think that your performance definitely lent to that. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, I really did. I enjoyed it. Oh my God. Amazing. Mm -hmm. It's been so good talking to you. Yay. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to talk with me and uh, to talk with us. And I hope to talk to you again once. Um, what is it? A perfect man? A perfect person? A good normal? person. A good person. There we go. Yes. <laughs> when a good person comes out, I hope we speak again. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.